All right, welcome to the Yeah We Know podcast. You're in the ring with Jimmy and the Podfather, Rod. The crowds are back. Everything is cohesive. Raw is fantastic. SmackDown is great. How happy are you to be a fan right now? I'm way happy to be a fan, but you know me. I got to push back a little bit there. Raw is not fantastic, and I'm sure we will get into that at some point during this podcast. But I am most excited for Jimmy and I will tell you this in all honest to goodness truth. The last couple of days, I have been bated breath on what you deem a man who is steeped in wrestling history and has followed this for longer than I have and can be deemed an expert. I am dying to know what you think the most important business we should tackle first is. Well, I, I think it's something that we don't talk about very much. It's around the wrestling world right now. It's the big news. CM Punk and Brian Danielson could be going to AEW. Rod, do you know what AEW is? Do you know who Brian Danielson is? Do you know who CM Punk is? I am aware of CM Punk. I was not around for his rise to WWE stardom, but that coincided with my time of listening to the Cheap Heat podcast, part of the Grantland podcast network back in the day, RIP Grantland. And they sure. talked a lot about CM Punk during those times because he was uh, he was, he was was basically the man, so I know who he is. I've went back into his catalog a little bit on Peacock and seen a few of his matches, like one in Chicago. I believe you and the former co-host of this podcast had me watch one time, right? Right, CM Punk versus John Cena, right, in Chicago? Yep, yep, yeah, for the championship match where people really didn't know what was happening because his contract was up until the day of the show, and McMahon said, you pretty much got me over a table, don't you? And uh, they signed a contract, he won, he took the belt, and he left, he put it in his refrigerator. So, yeah, great moments for CM Punk and WWE there. So, big story coming over. He tried MMA out, it didn't really work too well, but he tried it, gave it a shot. They are in Chicago when he can debut. That place is going to explode if he debuts. And Tony Khan just did an interview today. Tony Khan, owner of AEW, and he would not comment on any speculation of signing these two individuals, which means they're going to AEW or it's close because if they weren't, he would say no because he doesn't want to temper expectations. CM Punk, Brian Danielson. What do you know about Brian Danielson? I'm pretty sure that that's Daniel <laughs> Bryan, right? I'm pretty sure that's Daniel Bryan, isn't it? Yes, you are correct. And and while you're saying that, 99% uh, jokingly, yeah, it is uh, Daniel Bryan. Uh, Bryan Danielson, the American Dragon, if you will, uh, won Wrestler of the Year Award so many times they just named it after him. Uh, independent wrestler, wrestled in you know Japan, Mexico, Responsible everywhere. Responsible for all the kicks. Respe- responsible for your favorite part of wrestling, the kicks, <laughs> the yes chance. I love uh, the yes chance. He will be. He will be someone who also just gets the the place is going to go unglued. Okay, He's Jimmy, have that's some great. Terrific man. Crowd pops are great. Let me ask you this, because you're a very smart man and you know more about wrestling than you even care to let on at times. Okay, R A E W pushing the limits of look at all of our former WWE superstars. Are we getting close to that, Jimmy? Before these two, I would say, yeah, they're getting a little close. They're getting too big. They have, they have, they're going to have another show coming on soon, but they have a lot of people on their roster. So you got to be careful because you got to get everybody time. But these two kind of transcend that they're a little bit bigger than WWE X WWE. They're both huge stars, and I sure. think that this is going to be really putting them more even on the map than they are now because they got a great TV deal, got a video game coming out, and how cool is that going to be to put CM Punk and uh, 
uh, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson in on that. Can't say Daniel Bryan. That's WWE's name. Right. Exactly. Okay. So let me, let me ask you this then. So AEW pushing forward all of the above. It all looks and sounds great. Will they overtake the WWE? Is that where you think we are headed? Are we going to see the Monday Night Wars on par again where AEW starts to make Vince and them sweat? Or does it not even matter anymore because of what you talk about so often that Vince already has the money in the bank because of the Peacock deal? AEW is only about two years in now and you had a pandemic too. So right now, all you're seeing are the people from WWE's contracts going to AEW. No one from AEW has gone to WWE, mostly because the contracts are three to five years each, right? So that part isn't going to happen for another year or so. AEW's demographics are a little bit better in the 18 to, you know, 18 to 35 year range, which is kind of what you want. Uh, so that's interesting. I don't think they're going to overtake them necessarily in popularity at all anytime soon. They're not going to overtake them in revenue anytime soon. Uh, will they get a higher rating than Raw does? You know, it's a Monday, it's a Wednesday. That's NFL's not even difficult. Up. They might be able to do that soon. Uh, it's going to be a while uh, before anything huge happens. But, but Daniel Bryan and CM Punk are going to get mainstream attention. So. <laughs> Okay, so let me ask you this then. Let me. I'm, I'm switching here. We we sometimes co-pilot this podcast here. I'm switching on this. Are you going to follow AEW closer than you follow WWE if these two actually do show up and start wrestling on top of all of the other talent that you keep just incessantly pushing on me as we go forward <laughs> in this podcast? There's so many new talents that, that are new to you, old to me, that have come in. We're going to talk about all those too. Uh, no, I, I'm going to still follow WWE closer than AEW. It's just, it is what it is. I always followed it. Even when WCW was big, I would follow WWE more. It's who I am. It's what I do. Um, I don't watch a lot of the AEW now. I do keep up with it. Uh, but you and I both have some homework to do uh, for the next show. We're going to watch some AEW and get your okay. thoughts on the match style. No, you're, like listen, I will, I will commit to this verbally right now with you on record, which you know you can hold me to. And then the listeners out there can hear me. I will commit to watching some AEW in the next episode we do. I will have watched a, a episode or two. That's the best I can do. Okay, so let's go to some more comebacks here, shall we? Roman Reigns and Edge had a pretty solid match at Money in the Bank. Very solid. Loved uh, it. And then, and then um, obviously, Seth Rollins comes in. and Who and called that, Jimmy? Causes... Who called that? Who called that that Seth Rollins was probably going to be the one to interrupt that match? Uh, everybody who follows it, but you did too. So you definitely, <laughs> you definitely called that too. And a yeah, great shot. True. That wasn't great that shot. hard of a call. Great shout out to Seth Rollins saying I, I, I should finish the job that I couldn't finish a few years ago. And just to kind of give you a little backstory, I know you've seen the video package 75 times, but there was a point where Seth Rollins uh, was going to curb stomp Edge a few years ago, but Edge was not cleared to wrestle, so he couldn't take a bump. They laid him down on the mat, essentially, and didn't really do anything to him. So this is kind of a cool throwback. They're going to wrestle at SummerSlam. But after the match, Reigns is, you know, acknowledge me and all that stuff. He's standing around. All of a sudden... He's so good. He's so good. Oh, like, he's you can great. You see it even more right. right now with the crowds being back, right? Like you mentioned that at the top, right? Reigns yep. dominated the Thunderdome era, but you can see he's so... Like he's honed his craft so well. Like that crowd was just in the palm of his hands he's getting some cheers here and there but a ton of booze and that's exactly what you want uh, if you're roman reigns john cena comes back to a thunderous huge ovation pop. huge were huge you surprised pop. by that 
Not at all, because it's John Cena. It's a legend. It's someone who they've built up bigger than life, and they can't do that anymore, so they have to keep going back to so these So everybody's people. old feelings about Cena kind of go out because of the legend that's been created, essentially what you're saying. Exactly. They, you know, you're not getting as many John Cena sucks chants, things like that. You're getting a little bit here and there, but really people are excited to see him back. They're, it's going to be a terrific match between the two of them as far as English. I love what they did, goes. though. Uh, Paul Heyman doing the song was insane on, on yeah. SmackDown. Insane. Yeah. Yes, it was. That was the longest thing ever, but he did a good job. So, yeah, he comes out on Money in the Bank, doesn't say anything. They just fade to black, which I thought was interesting. Obviously, you want him to come on Raw the next night and challenge the SmackDown wrestler on Raw. Anyway, right. Uh, right. I wondered what your thoughts were going to be on that. It, it, listen, it's ratings and it's butts and seats, and that's all that matters right now. So the uh, summer of Cena, Jimmy, the summer of Cena, fifteen shows. Yeah, it's the summer of Cena because he's gone in the fall. I mean, that's exactly, it. and he's not coming back. So Reigns will beat him. It, it, he's got to beat him uh, at SummerSlam, and that's me saying that. So if anyone wants to bet on Cena, but wait go a minute ahead. though, wait a minute, Jimmy, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. They deked us a little bit though, right? You're absolutely right, and we're right that we know that this is the summer of Cena, and he's not going to be around in the fall. But as of right now, the the product they've given us on television, they deked us. Roman Reigns said, "I actually I can see you, and I don't want any part of it." And then the Prince himself, apparently that means something. You'll have to fill me in on that. But oh, Finn Balor comes to the ring, and Roman accepts his challenge. So they deked us right at the end of SmackDown when we were all Cena fired up. Okay, so for all the listeners out there, you have to remember, Rod is only pandemic-era Rod here. So he doesn't really know too much about NXT. Doing a little bit of homework every A little bit here and there. No question, no question. You're trying your best. Finn Balor is uh, was a huge NXT signing from uh, Japan. He was part of the original Bullet Club, if you've ever heard of that, in Japan, a really uh, huge group out there. Prince Devitt was his name back okay. then. And he would dress up in different costumes uh, for his big matches. Well, for WWE, for NXT and WWE, for his bigger matches, he would come out as Demon Finn Balor in face paint, this awesome entrance. Uh, and as you can see for his entrance when he came out with Sami Zayn, uh, and then when he's come out uh, you know, subsequently last week, uh, he gets on the ropes, he throws his arms in the air, and the entire audience throws their arms in the air. He's a huge fan favorite. He was the first universal champion when he beat Seth Rollins at the 2016 uh, SummerSlam. However, in that match, he was thrown into the barricade, separated his shoulder, and, and actually that's not giving it enough. He tore his shoulder to smithereens. He was out for it was almost a year I think uh, he had to give up the title the next night so your first ever universal champion the next night on Raw has to give up the title Ooh, that's um, rough but then he was a multi-time NXT champion he's been doing some great things in NXT recently uh, he's just an all-around terrific he wrestler he seems to have Mike, a tremendous amount of heat I mean a tremendous yeah. amount of heat Mike work is Mike work is is okay uh but he's just amazing and they they, I did they notice they weren't letting him say much in the first two weeks of Raw I did notice that so I think he and SmackDown, he and Rain, excuse me. I do that all the time. SmackDown. It's fine. He and Reigns will have a really solid match. They've, they've wrestled before. They've had good matches. Um, I See, here's the thing, man, and we're going to talk about this here in a little bit too. You bring Balor back, gets a good win over Sami Zayn. Well, a, a, you know, he beat up Sami Zayn. Shout out to Sami Zayn. That dude Love Sami Zayn. Oh, he's amazing too. Him and Nakamura a few years ago in NXT tore the house down. Zayn's been, Zayn is awesome. Better baby face than a heel. But anyway... Beating Balor this soon 
after he's coming back with Reigns. I don't know if I like that. You know, you want to get Reigns over. You want him to be the big guy, but then you don't have anybody else. So exactly. we'll, see, we'll see what they do there because I don't know what they know what they're doing there. So well, no, we you have, know they don't know what they're doing, but you're just being polite to the listeners right now, and I appreciate it because we're early in the podcast. Correct. So that that's that's the SmackDown side. SmackDown side, as you can see, you and I are pretty pretty bullish on. I think bullish is the right word, right? When you oh, think absolutely. it's good. Absolutely. I'm fired up for SmackDown right, every Friday. I'll watch that thing live, right? Like I'm giving them live ratings on actual Fox broadcast television on Friday night. Sometimes I'm so excited for that. So then let's go to Raw, oh. where where Raw, after Money in the Bank and this past week, has, has been an interesting couple of weeks in the what in the holy hell is going on. Oh, um, my God. So let's, let's take it one step at a time here. Okay. okay? I'm going to get – we'll get to the, the, the Goldberg and, 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 and uh, Lashley stuff in a second. Oh, I know you're so excited to talk about Goldberg, too. I uh, the only person who likes Goldberg more than I do is is my former co-host uh, Brett McNeil, uh, who is a huge fan. And celebrates his entire collection. <laughs> yeah, he um, does. <laughs> I'm going to give you the name of somebody, and I want you, I want your your feedback on his first two weeks on Raw. Okay. Okay. Carrion Cross. Uh, I mean, blah. Right. Like that's my that's my feedback. Right. Like blah. Like I get it. Okay. I get the cross is spelled with a K. You're intense. The crowd sees not to buy you, so you're going to be a heel, right? Like, I get all of it, but I just, I was not, I just, I'm not, I'm not angered by him to the point of good heel the way I am by Seth Rollins. Shout out to the future WWE Hall of Famer who is just fast becoming my absolute favorite performer at all times. Or Reigns, right? Like, these two guys are owning it. Or even Lashley. Or heck, the superstar of Raw, Charlotte Flair. And I just don't get those vibes from Karrion Cross. What if I told you in NXT... He was undefeated. He has this gothic killer. His uh, killer cross was his, his his name in the Indies. And he has a valet, Scarlet Bordeaux, who comes out with him. And there's this really mysterious uh, and, and great on the microphone. He is the NXT undefeated champion. He is in a blood feud right now, starting with Samoa Joe, who just came back. They beat him in two minutes. With Jeff Hardy, who they don't use anymore, and now is out with COVID. Well, I think that's Vince making a statement, right? It, okay, here's the thing. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. These statements, things are crap. Oh, yeah, he's the NXT guy. we got to beat him a few times when he comes in. Why? Why is Goldberg coming back <laughs> yeah, 20 years after he mattered? Because no one beat him. Because they built him up. And they had him destroy people. And now he can come back for whatever reason and people still pop for whatever reason. You are not making stars. Karrion Cross was dead and buried the second they didn't want Scarlett to come up with him because it's an act. It's a great act. They love destroying acts. You know, the, the Rusev-Alana angle could still be going with Alana having a Russian accent. Still be going today. Strong. But now we're going to break him up. Why not? So I, I cannot believe they did that. And I can't believe they beat him in two minutes. Unbelievably ridiculous. I was, it was, I was watching the match, Rod, and I was just like you. I, and I'm sorry, I'm going off on a tangent here, but I love this. Bring it. I love the fire. I was watching the show, and I to myself said, "The way this is going, they're going to beat him right now." I'm going to tweet that. I'm like, "Yeah, whatever." I'm not going to tweet that. Then they beat him. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe that they beat beat Karrion Cross. Unbelievable. And then later in the show. Lashley comes out 
And Lashley was talking about, oh, you know, I want to, I'm going to uh, open challenge to anybody. And I know it's not Goldberg. And I'm like, you know, it'd be cool if it was Keith Lee. Bam, bask in my glory. Keith Lee comes out. I say Keith Lee, what do you say right now? How old is that dude, actually? I'm going to ask you a question. That's what I want to ask you, because that dude has an old-looking face. He is in his 30s. He is, um, let me see the Googles right now. 36, yeah. So he's 36 years old. You could have convinced me that dude was 52. That that would be my first thought on Keith Lee. Okay, looks old. Because they telling me about athleticism, but I didn't yes. think I saw much of it, and then he looked old, so I was like, ugh. Keith Lee is one of the most athletic big men in the history of the business, period. I said it. The things he can do are amazing, but he's a big guy in WWE, and big guys don't do that, Rod. Big guys have to go around and get their asses handed to them by the champion on their re-debut. Let me talk about Keith Lee here for a second. Keith Lee uh, was a huge independent wrestler. Very great story. There's a... um, there's a, a there's a nice uh, WWE documentary on Keith Lee talking about living in his car and and, and which they like happen to move right up prevalent to the front of Peacock as if a little make good to your boy Keith Lee. But continue. Yeah, well, after these last two weeks. So anyway, he has been out since January and no one knows why. Legitimately, no one knows why. And he's been on Instagram and Twitter saying, I'm going to tell everybody why I've been out for a while. Here's my thing. Number one, I just want to say the fact that Keith Lee is on Raw and he's lost twice in a row and they're crapping on him a lot is a good thing because he's on Raw and able to do that. So whatever he's gone through, thank goodness he's okay, like on a personal level. Um, But now let's get back to the wrestling because that's what we're here for. Um, The fact that he came out to go against Bobby Lashley in an open challenge. That was great. The crowd popped. I was into it. Crowd loved it because they didn't expect it to happen. And that's great. He got squashed during that match. Yeah, he did. I mean, he got his ass kicked during that match. Up he's and got down. that in common with the, quite a few people over the last few weeks with Lashley, and I'm sure we'll get to that. So, again, you bring this guy in in Texas. By the way, Keith Lee is from Texas. Oh, of course. See, this so, is Warrior McMahon stuff, yeah, though, but continue. Yeah, yeah and it all – anyway. I See, it, that didn't even make the first five minutes of my rant. And he comes in. Oh, another big star that could happen. Yay. Oh, no, we're going to just destroy him, and he's nothing now. And then this week on Raw, he and Karrion Cross, who had – in NXT for the championship, a pretty decent match back and forth. Um, I would love to actually watch, have you watch their match from Raw and then watch their match from NXT. It was a takeover, so it's a please, little bit different. Please, don't, don't make me watch their match from Raw again, please. It was the slowest, most boring thing. And then you have Keith Lee tap. At least Karrion Cross got a win. That was the weakest tap ever, though. Like it, but you it could was, barely yeah. visible that he tapped. So I don't know what they're doing with him. Now, I thought maybe, they might even take an angle with that. So you don't think they're going to take an angle with that? You think that was just a legitimate tap? I think it's you were gone for for seven, mo- seven months because of probably something very serious, but we don't care because you're on our timeline and you're going to lose twice in a row. That, yeah, I just I didn't get it either, right? And, and trucking him back out there again, then just to lose to Karrion Cross, And like, I just didn't get it, right? The other thing that I thought to myself, and you bring this up often, and I'll just repeat it here real quick, that I didn't know that these guys have been around before or had their NXT pass. So to me, these are just two brand new dudes who have popped up in two successive weeks. And all of a sudden, the second week, the best thing you can do is put them against one another. I didn't even understand it on that level. And that's a good point because people like me pop for that. And a lot of people there pop for that because they see, oh, Keith Lee's back, Finn Balor's back. But if you've just started watching, you don't know who these people are. Maybe a, a couple of uh, video packages. You know, you put enough 
instant replays from five minutes ago on, you can probably do a video package. Um, so Keith Lee's fantastic. One more real quick thing before we get to uh, your girl, Charlotte Flair, which I believe she was involved. The queen, in 90... the queen, Charlotte Flair. Jimmy, show a little bit of respect here. She was involved in 96% of the show uh, today. Why should it should have been 98? Then maybe it would have been a better program. Well, you wouldn't have gotten to see Mason T-Bar wrestle. Well, you know what? We'll get there. T-Bar is, is, is uh, Dominic. Tell me Dijak- T-Bar's real name. Let's just do it now. Let's get the T-Bar stuff out of the way. T-Bar could work. I was real impressed. I'm not into those guys' gimmick at all, and I could not believe we were about to watch a tag team match of Mason T-Bar <laughs> versus Mansoor and Mustafa Ali or whatever that guy's name is. But what I will say is Mansoor got a little over on me by the end, and I was kind of like, okay, Mansoor, I'm a little bit here for you, and T-Bar can work. So tell me his real name. He well, first of all, Mansoor's the the uh, Saudi Arabia guy, and they're going back in October. So, believe me, there will be a tag team t- a championship match for those two in October. Domin- Dominic Dijakovic uh, was his name in NXT. Donovan Dijak was his name on the Indies. And guess who he has awesome matches with every time they wrestle? Keith Lee. They oh. tear the house down as big guys who can move. We're going to have you watch some of that too. And we're going to, I'm going to love see, giving you a couple matches to watch. And then we'll talk about it on the next show and just see how you see why, how angry I am right now that what they're doing with, with T. Well, first of all, T bar. First of all, there's that had a mask terrible. On name. With. terrible. Now, what does that even now, mean? Now he's, he's painted. I mean, it was a whole horrible, horrible thing. So let's get, get that out of the way. Now, something that has, uh, that you were correct on. I was I was wrong on for Money in the Bank, mostly because I wanted to be uh, right. Um, Charlotte did win the championship at Money in the yes. Bank. Yes. Uh, Nikki Ash, Nikki Ash, Nikki almost superhero cashes in her Money in the Bank, which yes, you picked seventh overall out right. of eight people. To I'm win not going to take too much credit for that. One. But what I will uh, say is, I want to say yeah. shout out to the ending of that. Right. The way sure. Nikki A.S.H. won that match, that to me was believable, right? That's the only possible way that she could win it, and you'd make me buy it. So I liked the way that that match went down at the end. But as you have often stated, what exactly happened to Alexa Bliss? She couldn't climb out from underneath seven ladders. I mean, so, you know, she wasn't figured in any way, shape, or form at the end there after the whole ladder thing. But I liked the way that match ended. You know, if this was still at the at – the, uh, the Thunderdome, Alexa Bliss would have ended up swinging like Miley Cyrus on that ball on the Money in the Bank briefcase and just taking the briefcase and won. So thank goodness we weren't there still. Uh, but so we have Charlotte Flair and we have Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley. They're gonna also they're gonna wrestle at SummerSlam for the title in a three way match. Nikki Ash and Charlotte Flair wrestle, and what happens? We we've just created a new. You know, people are, are happy no, see, here, about Jimmy, Nikki. Here's where I got a rant. Here's where I got a rant. Go right ahead. You spoke about this a second ago. You spoke about this a second ago, and you said for guys like you that know, you guys pop for a little bit, right? But what I would say is, you need to try to find a way to tone lines between the two different deep ends. Okay, don't go way in one deep end or way into the other deep end. Try to tow it a little bit so that folks in the middle might know what's going on. Because how in the world, Jimmy, would I explain to somebody who does doesn't know as much about wrestling as you and now me through these last couple of months about 
explain to them what happened. So here's what happened. On a Sunday night, Charlotte Flair beats Rhea Ripley for the title. On the same night, another woman gets a briefcase that ensures her the ability to fight for the title whenever she wants. So on the subsequent night on Monday, there's a rematch between Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley to where Charlotte Flair is going to walk away and be disqualified. She gets riptided by Rhea Ripley. All of a sudden, another girl runs down from backstage, hands a briefcase over, gets pinned. She becomes the champion. But then you're going to tell me the following Monday, these two are going to get together, fight again, not for the belt. And then the one who just got beat the week before in a pseudo match that no one can understand is going to beat the living hell out of the other one and then they're going to do it one more time before they then fight in a triple threat match as much as i love the queen that's some weak storytelling jimmy which you have warned me about many times you actually explained that pretty well it's and that and that and that's bad because i didn't understand a thing you said and i saw the thing and i know what's going on you so nikki ash right now is a weak champion because she just got she got killed so it's a fluke champion so people aren't going to get behind her as much because they know where it's going they know she's going to lose again. Yeah, I she has to that. lose I again. Thought they, I thought they'd job at her somehow, right? Because we all know Nikki A.S.H. is a job champion, but they could have strung us along a little bit longer, and they just didn't. And I thought that was so wrong. It was. It was. Give Nikki A.S.H. a couple of wins over people that 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 is believable that she wins. You know, she's getting a couple of wins. Bring out there, even gives... Dewdrop, right? I mean, there's yeah. anybody you could bring out sure. there. Sure, sure. And then give Charlotte some more wins. Give Rhea some more wins. And hey, every oh, these these three women are winning a lot. Um, put them in some tag team matches together. Maybe triple threat tag, something like that. You know, to get them together. And then eventually go to SummerSlam. But you just did all that storytelling that needs to take over a month in one day. And yeah. now people know what's going to happen. The only thing, the only thing I'll give them any credit for if they're trying to do, and you and I have spoke about this before, that it's tough to nail down where exactly they want Rhea Ripley to be. Is she a face? Is she good at being a face? Do the fans buy or do they not? So I only think that maybe, maybe they're trying to do a little transference of heat from Nikki A.S.H., which she has some, but as you said, they just killed it by completely making her a joke champion and try to portray it to Rhea somehow in the triple threat match because Charlotte is going full-blown just even bigger heel than you know i've seen her pull off before which i'm sure she's done it again she's a roller coaster up and down just like her dad but she is full-blown heel mode right now and the the only captivating reason to tune into raw she's a terrific heel always will be uh, and we have to we you're right we have to figure out Rhea is and they go back and forth so much on her it's kind of like a big show thing where you never know from week to week what they're going to be great, that's a great call out it really is and therefore they don't get any heat at all and that's tough because Rhea was so huge and over in NXT. You watched Survivor Series a couple years ago with Keith Lee, with Rhea Ripley, with all these people in there. They were all here with Valter. They were all over huge. And for whatever reason, I don't know what it is because NXT, Rod, just so you know, is part of WWE. They're owned by WWE. It's not like they're bringing it's Vince's son-in-law in. for Christ's sake. You know, it's so I don't understand what that is. So they bring him in and they job him out. And yes, right you do. Now, you understand that it's Vince's ego, right? I mean, on some level, it has to be that, doesn't it? I don't know if he watches it. Who knows? Yeah, I, it would have to be some something like that. Uh, his ego saying that, well, you know, they might be okay down there, but this is the big leagues up here. Well, exactly. Speaking of big leagues, speaking of bringing people back, so Lashley wins, of course, destroys Keith Lee, and all of a sudden. Goldberg's music hits and he comes out <laughs> and he says, I'm next. Cause that's all he can say. 
So we have Goldberg and we have Lashley at SummerSlam in a match that is going to be hard-hitting, going to be about four minutes long, and boy, Lashley better win. But so, then... We're getting what, oh, three ahead. spears a piece. I mean, that's what we're getting, right? Three spears a piece, and then maybe a jackhammer a piece. Somebody kicks out of one, and then somebody wins on a, on a roll up. I mean, that's what, that's what I, we're getting, right? I listen. It right now. I wouldn't surprise me if uh, if he put the hurt lock on Goldberg and Goldberg tapped out. Uh, you know, honestly, he he will probably uh, he'll probably uh, faint. You know, he'll probably become unconscious, and then they'll throw it out. Um, I'm not bringing, into that. By the way, I'm just not into that. Well, I just bringing Goldberg back. Again, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, we knew this was going to happen. Bringing him back to face Lashley and lose doesn't do much for Goldberg, right? But Goldberg's already kind of made. So why don't you just have Goldberg come and squash a few people, get his ring rust out, you know, get his work in front of a live audience out, and then face Lashley a little later. Yeah, but- you know who Goldberg could you know who Goldberg could roast right now? What are you doing with Otis? Goldberg could roast Otis right now. Put him in his place a little bit. What, 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 what's he going to do with Chad Gable then? I mean, it's Otis and Gable. Come on, man. Well, I mean, but same thing. Have him fight both yeah. of them. That's true. That's I mean, true. We did just see Bobby Lashley take out two people at once. My God. If you're Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, why do you ever show up to Raw ever again? Well, and those are two other people. Yes, two other people that he, that he could go through because obviously they had a really, again, breaking up things that work. Hurt business was really solid. Benjamin has uh, always been, been a, a good wrestler, and those two guys... We're champions. That's a really cool. They just gimmick. got completely jobbed though on Monday. The, the now Monday they're before we record this on yeah. Wednesday, they just got completely jobbed. Yeah, they're nothing now. They're nothing, and it's it's quite ridiculous. Um, I mean, they got beat in the same match. I mean, they got stacked the way Roman Reigns stacked Daniel Bryan and Edge in WrestleMania. I mean, you just you did a callback to that on Raw with Bobby Lashley with Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. I mean, you're right; those guys can sort of work, but that was just I couldn't. Again. Bobby Lashley, I get it. He's he's an absolute brick. Pardon my language here. Shit house, right? I get it. He walks out to the ring and you just <laughs> see it. All he has to do is walk out to the ring and you just see it. You know what I mean? An MVP, I get it. That guy's a Jimmy Hart through and through. I I get all of it, but it's just oh, it's so okay. Fine, he's dominating everybody, and there's nobody that can. Oh, great. All right, so it's the Ultimate Warrior. It's Goldberg. It's okay, cool. But as well, I'm learning, I- they don't have any new storylines to tell. They don't, and you're going to see the same thing over and over and over. How many times is Sheamus wrestling the same person over and over and over and over and over again? I never thought I'd be excited to see Damian Priest inserted into something, but here I am. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's not Humberto Carrillo. Heck yeah. So we have Goldberg to could to- fight Priest because that's the thing. Priest is sneaky big. That's what you realize yes. in these matches that he does fight. So I think that guy could be more. Now, maybe you want to fix his teeth. And as you talk about Vince sometimes, I mean, it could be just that trivial for him. Cesaro's not big because his his accent's a little different. Maybe Damian Priest isn't big because he's got some messed up teeth and he can't smile like some of his true baby faces. I don't know, but that dude's big. He is. He's big and he, he can work pretty well. You know, he's got he's fine in the ring. They got to do something on Raw, Jimmy, is all I'm saying, because it's just Raw's so brutal. Like, I just, I can't, there's no way, shape, or form you could ever convince me to sit down and watch Raw through commercial breaks or to actually watch certain matches that they truck out for me on Raw. Like, the three hour DVR is the only way that I can make Raw happen. And they continuously say it's because it's three hours long and SmackDown is two hours. But that doesn't mean you still can't make a good three-hour show. You just need to have good, consistent storylines and have well, something different happen. you clearly more people happen. to play with on Raw. So, yeah, you just have to do more good storylines. But they're just so bad. 
all they got is Riddle, right? And that was the one time, Jimmy, the one yep. time they could have given me a pop on Monday Night Raw. And this was one of my many questions I was going to have to ask you. Do we know what's going on with Randy Orton? Because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was hollering out for Randy Orton to pop in and the place to go nuts, was it not? I think he's legit hurt. Like, So that's why I think he's hurt. All right, well, but as soon as he yeah. comes back, they better be setting something up like that then because AJ Styles and Omos beating up Riddle because Miz shot him with a drip stick, that doesn't make any sense to me. Don't even talk to me about the drip stick. No, wait, no hey, I'm not going to let you break bad on Johnny Drip Drip here because Morrison is doing some work right now. He's another Morrison's one of the fantastic. shining stars of Raw. Yes, and what have they done? They put him in the exact same position he was in a decade ago when he left the company. Morrison went on to be champion in places. He was a singles champion in a lot of different places that he went. He was fantastic. Well, listen, yeah, you're half to blame for this, Jimmy, because you come on here all the time and talk about how Bobby Lashley is undefeatable and needs to continue to be. So, I mean, you're half to blame for this. You're the reason why the Raw just continues to be only dominated by Bobby Lashley and MVP. At some point, though, you need to build somebody up to beat Lashley and beat True. Roman Reigns. Who is that going to be? Is it going to be Edge eventually no. beating Reigns after not failing twice? No. Is it going to be Seth Rollins and Reigns? That's going to probably be a match. It should be. I mean, okay. I know they've probably fought before, but it should oh, be. Oh, multiple I mean, times. Rollins has got huge heat right now as, as, I mean, as the villain. He's just got this whole thing on rap again, right? Like he just is so comfortable strolling into any scene and just absolutely cheesing it up and eating it up and just driving that knife. I mean, he's so good at it right now. And then who on Raw? Nobody. Other than Riddle. Up? Other than Riddle. But you still need Randy Orton to help Riddle because Riddle's gimmick is still just a little bit too goofy. So I think that that's where Orton is going to ultimately help, right? I think that as much as I want to complain about what's going on with AJ Styles and Omos, if you're telling me that the gimmick is Riddle's going to start getting beat down a little bit and start to realize that maybe he can't bro it up with everybody and that's going to put the hard edge on him a little bit, Maybe that's going to get rid of where I need him to be. I've heard Vince McMahon thinks he's funny. So guess what? He's going to be doing that for the rest of his career, brother. Kind of like, I don't know, R-Truth. That was, oh. Like, R-Truth is a little up there in the years, right? Or is this guy younger than I think as well, just oh, like no. Keith Lee was? Uh, he's, I bet you, he, I, I, I bet you, you, he's older than you think he is. How old do you think he is? Uh, he's in his 50s, like, right? Li, he's 49. Okay, yeah. All right. Yeah. I was going to say, but, I, th I, th I think you could tell. Have they let other guys work matches with the mic like that before? That's kind of him. It's that's just been him. his deal? Yeah, yeah. They, uh, Leo Rush used to talk when Lashley wrestled uh, a few years ago, and that was a disaster. So, I, yeah, that's his gimmick. And R-Truth does the best that he can do with the, the gimmick he has. But, yeah, no, again, I mean, it's, a waste, of, it's a waste of time. The crowd seemed to pop for him. The crowd seemed to pop for him a little bit. Yeah, it's just a waste of time with a 24-7 championship and everything like that because who cares about it? Yeah, but, so, yeah, so I'm supposed to care about Reginald a little bit, though, because that's, frankly, the first time I'd seen them sanction a 24-7 match <laughs> since I'd been back to watching. That's true. They don't really do that very often. And then the 24-7 belt is 24-7, right? Except if it's in a match when it's suspended because it's only that match. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, Jimmy, technicalities. You know what it's I mean? You know, kind of like no disqualifications. So in can a, you hell name in me? Every single person that was running out as part of the 24-7 uh, posse there? 
Uh, I could probably if I if I saw a picture again. But uh, who was the was, guy that got the? Wasn't the guy who got the rose inserted into his rectum? Wasn't he one of the guys? What's that guy's name? Gulag. Drew Gulak. Wasn't I, he one of them? I don't. He might. Uh, I can't remember. He may not be with the company anymore. Wow, what a nice way know. to go out with that whole that whole deal where that guy was just giving him a rose a couple of different ways in each, um, each of his orifices. I do want to talk about one thing from SmackDown too. Uh, bring it, bring it. Your your boy Baron Corbin, Rod. Oh, guess I what? Wanted, no, I wanted get, to get to the end of this episode with you not doing this. No, no, he got the Kevin Owen rub. Man, Kevin Owens came to his aid. How about sort of. that? Kind sort of. Sort of. Kind of. Sort of. Kind exactly. Of. <laughs> Kevin Owens might get this guy over. And he I'd might listen. become the challenger who defeats Roman Reigns. I don't know if we're going there because <laughs> here's my so thing. <laughs> here's my thing. I'm I'm all for the KO bump and KO is fast becoming another one of my one of my fan favorites. And I see now why years ago, before I even knew what fight Owen's fight was, you named that your fantasy football team. So I see Heck I yeah. see now I see now why you have that. So, but uh, it's just so tough if you're Corbin right now. It's just so tough to come back from this, right? Even if my wildest dreams were to come true and I fancy myself a bit of a storyteller, a bit of a yarn spiller, I have no idea how you backtrack and walk Baron Corbin out of this gimmick that his house and his car and his life is upside down and he just feels like a complete loser. I don't know how you walk out of this one. With Kevin Owens in your arms. I don't know. <laughs> That's the only way I could see. So it's, you know, the, with the crowds being back, it's a great thing. Brings a lot more uh, life to the product. Uh, the crowds will also, there'll be a little honeymoon period. Um, they also have a Becky Lynch card to play. So that'll be nice for the crowds. When, well, uh, the when fans are back. definitely ready for that. They continue to holler her name every chance they get. Uh, Sasha Banks will come back as well eventually here. And then we'll, we'll hit SummerSlam. And SummerSlam is going to have sixty or 70,000 people. Are we sure about that? I was literally just going to say if they're allowed in the building, which it's Vegas, so probably still by then. I would like that. That was going to be my answer, too, is that that if if we do see things shift and this is not the podcast for us to talk about any of those things. But if we do see things shift, Vegas will be one of the last places to shift. So I would imagine we'll see SummerSlam happen. Yeah, I think I think we'll definitely see SummerSlam happen and um yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens moving forward. Uh, this uh, this week, I mean, on they it's... haven't torn down the Thunderdome. I'm imagining, right, Jim? Oh no, they did. It's torn down. Well, yeah, they, be- they they better hope they just put those parts in storage because they may have to bust that out again. <laughs> may have to bust it back out at the pr- uh, performance center because you never know what can happen uh, in this world that we live in in 2021. Um, what are you most excited to see moving forward, Jim? Let's we talked about a lot of stuff here that we have on the horizon. What are you who let's for a lack of a better word, the most cynical WWE fan, what what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to SummerSlam. I really am. I think that'll be a, a fun event. Um I'm looking forward to see Finn, ba- Finn Balor is, is one of my favorites as well. So I think he okay. and Reigns are he and Reigns are going to have a really. So the good heat is definitely there. real. If somebody like yeah. you, Jimmy Jim Risk, is getting the heat from Finn Balor, it's or Balor, excuse me, it's definitely real. Finn Balor or Balor, either one. Balor, uh, just, call, 
Finn is fine. Uh, yeah, I think that's going to be, I- I'm looking forward to that for sure. I know we kind of went on some rants today, but hey. He's going to fight on SmackDown though, right? I mean, they're not, that's not happening on SummerSlam, right? That's no, no, be that'll SmackDown be on SmackDown. this Friday, right? So like this may come out for people before Friday. So we're going to see Reigns fight Baylor tonight, right? Baylor, Baylor, Baylor. Either tonight or in a couple weeks. But no, but but he's not fighting. Cena's not fighting Reigns at SummerSlam, Rod. Reigns yeah, said he doesn't. I know, I know he said that, but. Reigns said he's not going to, so he won't. Man well, of his word. John, John Cena's a 16-time WWE champion slash Hall of Famer. I, I would imagine that Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville were, uh, will bend to his will, much the way they do almost any time anybody rolls into their office and asks for a match. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> That's really funny. Except for Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan doesn't get what you want. Yeah, she does. She, not you. The, the last name Morgan carries no weight with Adam Pearce, which means he'll <laughs> never come on our show. Uh, Adam Pearce. Good, good guy. Good guy. Cubs fan. All right. So, uh, anything else you want to tackle before we get out of here today, Mister Morgan? You know, anything, uh, anything to promote here? Well, I did want to. I did want to say this actually. I so I did a quick check in with the Vanimal, right? Because not only am I a you know former WWE fan coming back to the product as a now almost forty two year old, but I'm bringing my son, a nine year old slash ten year old, to the product, right? And I asked him for an update on his top five favorite wrestlers as of right now. Jimmy, would you like? To, would you like this list? All right, top five Vanimal's favorite wrestlers. Let's go. Okay, number we'll, we'll start at number five, and then we'll go down to number one. All right, we'll do it the traditional way that you should do one. So at number five for the Vanimal is Seth Rollins. I was so proud of the Vanimal when he shouted out Seth Rollins as one of his top five favorite wrestlers. All but right, okay. here's how here's how he referred to Seth Rollins. He said, who's that guy with the greasy hair who was the Beast Slayer and beat Brock Lesnar? That's how he <laughs> referred to Seth Rollins. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, his number four favorite wrestler, and this, I think, speaks to what you have talked to me about for so many years, and now I'm finally clearly coming around because of the the bouquet of roses I threw to her earlier. His number four favorite wrestler is Charlotte Flair. Wow. Right? When I was a kid his age, there's absolutely no way I would have been putting Miss Elizabeth in my top five, who was probably the only female in the WWE other than uh, the the fabulous Moolah who showed up every now and again, or a scary Sherry, Macho Man's uh, manager. I think Miss Elizabeth was number one for quite some time uh, there in the eighties uh, to you know eighty eight to ninety three uh, on my list. But anyway, Charlotte Flair. So Vanimal likes the uh, the heels. He likes the heels. He does. But then we switch it up a Shocking. little bit as we. Get, I know. I know. Listen, there's, there's there's this story that I'll relay someday about something that Van described that he would like to do in the future, which is completely the origin story of a comic book villain. All right? Oh, good. I mean, he had good. Like, the name of a company that designs robots. I mean, like it was like completely the one way this turns, and all of a sudden you're Lex Luthor. So we'll we'll talk about that sometime in the future. <laughs> but his number three favorite wrestler, and you're gonna love this, right? You're gonna absolutely love this. I asked him to d- differentiate for me how he thought that one was better than the other, and he couldn't. But his third favorite wrestler is Jay Uso. Not Jimmy, just Jay Uso. <laughs> that's terrific, Jay Uso. What's the difference between them? I don't know. I just like Jay. Fair enough. Yeah, that's that's exactly what he said, right? All right, so we're still on the heel gimmick here. Okay. Yeah. His number two favorite wrestler is actually I'm trying to think of now. I can't it's it's escaping me now who he told me his number two favorite wrestler was. That's I'm so bummed out about this now because I remembered five four three and I definitely remember who number one is, but I'm the two is escaping me right now. So we'll have to do a fill in on that next week. But his number one favorite wrestler is a harken back to five and four a little bit, but it's also been his favorite wrestler since he started watching and that is the phenomenal one, if you will, AJ Styles still continues to be the Vanimal's number one favorite wrestler. 
and he's just in a tag team right now. He's not, you know, doing the singles matches. He's not the champion anymore. So that's great that he's still up there uh, for Vanimal. Okay. So, yeah, he likes all bad guys. Well, AJ Styles is kind of a good guy, but they want him to be a bad guy. Right, exactly. Yeah, the fans are still completely just cheering for everything AJ Styles does, but they desperately want him to uh, to be a bad guy. And I'm so bummed out now that I can't remember who Van's second favorite wrestler is. Tamina. No, it's definitely no. not. Charlotte Flair was the was the only one that he said. He fired somebody off right after he said uh, right after he said uh, AJ Styles. He goes AJ Styles, and then he said somebody else immediately. It wasn't Roman Reigns because at one time he did say he liked Roman Reigns, but now he's out on Roman Reigns. Baron Corbin. No, I wish. Listen, I wish. But that's that's where we're at right now. My my favorite wrestlers of the moment are Charlotte Flair and Seth Rollins. Those are those are, those are my favorite wrestlers of 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 both uh, of both shows right now. I don't want to do a top five. I just want to have a favorite of each show. And right now, whenever Seth Rollins pops up on SmackDown, I'm excited. And whenever Charlotte Flair is on Raw, I'm not just excited. I'm like, whew, at least there's something on this godforsaken three hours I can watch. There you go, Finn Balor. Kevin Owens, well, I guess they're on the same. So it's Kevin Owens and uh, we'll go Keith Lee uh, are my favorite. Look at you. There. I love it. You're pulling for the guy who's gotten job two straight weeks. Uh, so Jimmy, yes. There we go. That's that's the last question I have for you right now. Where are we going with Cross and Lee on Raw? Where are we going? Um, I see Karrion Cross maybe, maybe going U.S. title at some point. Okay. But you kind of got to get it off Sheamus. But who, you know, who knows with there? Keith Lee, I see, I see this week coming up, him getting some kind of a, a win over someone not very big, but then losing uh, the week after. So just actually, you know what? No, them. this is what's going to happen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Karrion Cross and Keith Lee are going to wrestle again on Raw, and Karrion Cross is going to be Keith Lee again. But then Karrion Cross will go eventually uh, be one of the challengers for the U.S. title. All right, are we going to, is your guy, the priest, the archer, since you brought up the U.S. title, this will actually be the last question, and then we'll let the listeners go, but is the, is the archer going to take it from Sheamus? Is that how they're going to get it off of him, maybe? Like uh, a dark arts battle between, you know, the, the, the Damien Priest, right, and his whole, you know, the, the fire and all the gothic elements that he sort of brings in, right, versus Karrion Cross. maybe, maybe? I Listen, at SummerSlam, you have Priest and you have Sheamus, uh, maybe on the pre-show for that. Uh, he gets the win there, and then after SummerSlam, Cross goes after him. I can see that because Cross, we need to get the uh, the NXT title off of Cross first. Can he work s- a mic? Can he work a mic? Will I be impressed with his mic skills? Because I wasn't impressed yes. with the first two weeks I've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. He does. Right. He and Scarlett are so great, though. I can't. You need to watch a couple. You, of you keep bringing the Scarlett up. Are they going to give me Scarlett at some point, no. Jimmy? I mean, you're a guy who knows the rags. Are they? Gonna, they're not going to pay for her, are they? Well, no, she was in NXT. She's on the rod. She's in, she's still with him in NXT, Rod. All right, but but, but it's different pay though to come up to SmackDown and do the sh- or to come up to Raw. See again, darn it! One of these times, I'm not going to make the mistake. But it's still yeah, extra pay but, to come up and do Raw, though, isn't it? Well, yeah, but I mean, whatever. Well, we all know Vince has it, but listen, I'm a Cub fan. That doesn't necessarily matter. But that's a story for another time. Hey, right now we've only the Cubs have only traded the stash. Other than that, we're good. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll go from and there. Jimmy, so. one last little party yeah. shot I have here. I'm sure. so excited to be talking about athletes that actually want to show up and compete and aren't about a whole bunch of other BS for a change. Goodness gracious. And that's all I want to say about that. You've been listening to the Yeah We Know podcast. You're in the ring with Jimmy and the Podfather. I'm Jimmy. And I'm the Podfather, a variant of Rod, a.k.a. your host with the most here on the Morgan You Know Podcast Network.